I am Pastor Corrine Boroff, Senior Pastor at Anderson First United Methodist Church. Thank you for listening to our worship service today. If you want to learn more about this church, visit our website at andersonfirst.org. Have a blessed day and enjoy the message. Our gospel lesson is from John 20, 1 through 10. Please stand as you are able. Early on Sunday morning, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. She ran and found Simon Peter and the other apostle, the one that Jesus loved. And she said, they have taken the Lord's body out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. Peter and the other disciples started out for the tomb. They were both running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He stooped, looked in, and saw the linen wrappings laying there, but he didn't go in. Then Simon Peter arrived and went inside. He also noticed the linen wrappings lying there while the cloth that had covered Jesus' head was folded up and laying apart from the other wrappings. Then the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, went in, and he saw and believed. For until then, they didn't understand the scriptures that said Jesus must rise from the dead. Then they went home. This is the gospel of our Lord, Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God.
giving up death. We've been giving up things all throughout Lent. Beginning with Ash Wednesday, we gave up control, expectations, superiority, enemies, sin, our lives, and popularity. But this one, I mean, those, it's a struggle to apply those to our lives. But this one, we've got, right? Giving up death would be great. In fact, it's not new to just us. You see, 500 years before Christ was even born, a Greek writer wrote down that they had found the fountain of youth. They had discovered it. And they were keeping it to themselves. (laughs) Alexander the Great spent much of his time as he was conquering and moving around from place to place, searching for the fountain of youth. The Crusaders, part of our kind of blotched history of Christianity, the Crusaders in the 11th and 12th century toted that they ruled over a land that contained the fountain of youth. We might be most familiar, though, with Ponce de Leon, establishing in St. Augustine, Florida, that fountain of youth. St. Augustine established in 1513 the oldest city in North America. There it claims today in an archaeological park in St. Augustine to still have the fountain of youth there. It's something that we want to have. It's something that we have searched for. I kind of like Mark Twain's thoughts on this aging process of getting older towards death. He said, aging is an issue of mind over matter. If you don't mind, it doesn't matter. But it has mattered to us just back in March of this year, New York Times posted an article on all the renowned people who had sought ways to prolong or return youth to our lives, to our physical bodies. And they came up with all kinds of ways. And after reading through the article, you could kind of conclude the people that touted these different methods of this fountain of youth way of living, died in their 60s. (laughs) Doesn't work. In fact, Scripture reminds us, Ecclesiastes 3, verse 2, there's a time to be born and a time to die. So how in the world are we supposed to give up this death, this dying thing that we're destined to go through? Well, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we are promised that Jesus conquered death. That doesn't make any sense for us in the the terms of what we're thinking of our physical being and this physical aging process. But what Jesus was talking about is that I gave you life. God breathed life into you. And through the resurrection, I give you eternal life. Life 
forevermore in the presence of God. And so you see, this is the gift that we celebrate at Easter. This gift of eternal life. There's a lot of symbols that we um, celebrate, that we use, and we are surrounded by many of those today. Symbols that we use to give us the image of that eternal life, that gift of life, new life that Christ gives to us through the power of the resurrection. We have the empty cross as one of those symbols. The empty cross draped in white for purity. Being pure, forgiven in the presence of our God. We have the lilies or any bulbed plant that blooms. It looks like a lifeless blob, if you've ever planted a bulb. And yet when it's planted, it comes to life. The power of the resurrection. We also have the lighted candles to remind us that the light of Jesus Christ is here today representing his presence with us here and now. But I think my very favorite symbol is the butterfly. And we all, I'm sure, many, many of us have heard about how the butterfly is the butterfly through metamorphosis that looks like the caterpillar just shriveled up and died is in this what we call the chrysalis, or if it's a moth, it's a cocoon. And then... After a period of transformation, a brand new creature emerges, the butterfly. Now, we don't really get that in the scripture that we heard this morning from John chapter 20, verses 1 through 10. We acknowledge that there's an empty tomb, but we really don't get this resurrection story. And you see what happened after that is that Mary Magdalene stayed and there she cried and there Jesus appeared to her, the resurrected Christ. And she didn't recognize him, thought he was the gardener. And yet when she heard her name, Mary, she knew it was Jesus. And there she went to tell the disciples, and Jesus then appears to the disciples in that closed-off room where they were actually cowering and hiding. And then we have Jesus appearing to Thomas, doubting Thomas, the one who wasn't there when Jesus came around the first time after the resurrection. Not sure what Thomas was doing, but he was pretty sure there was not going to be a resurrection. And so Thomas, when he was with the group again and Jesus appeared and he witnessed for himself the holes the nails had made and the wound in Jesus' side, he recognized, and Jesus says there, in verse 29 of chapter 20, says to Thomas, you believe because you have seen me. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. And then in verse 31, 
because you believe, you will have life. This is the gift that Christ is giving to us. This is the life that Christ has offered to us. Yet, how do we do that? How do we come to believe? You see, if you hear in and live into that believing, if you hear the verses 1 through 10, notice that it ends with, they believed the disciples that were there, and then they went home. Now, doesn't that pretty much fit Sunday, Easter Sunday morning? We gather, we celebrate, we believe that the tomb was empty. We believe that Christ was resurrected, and then we go home. Yeah. Well, I want to share an image with you, that image of the butterfly as a symbol of the resurrection because for me, it's more than just the metamorphosis, the fact that this, this creature changed into something else. Because you see, the butterfly is created with a purpose. The butterfly is meant to soar and fly and be free. The butterfly is used to pollinate flowers and it's used to pollinate vegetables and help in that process of life. And the butterfly brings beauty to the world. That's part of its purpose. The monarch butterflies have another special purpose that we don't quite understand all of it, but it is a part of their life rhythm. Twice a year, they migrate. They migrate 3,000 miles from Mexico to California and then back again. 3,000 miles twice. A butterfly. But you see, if you can just imagine, there is a such thing called a butterfly net. And butterfly nets are used, actually, if you're going to ever catch a butterfly, your net needs to be about two feet long. It has to be large enough that the butterfly can be caught in the very bottom without being damaged or wounded. But even doing that and, and capturing the butterfly just right without damaging its wings or hurting it in any way, it's not free to fulfill its purpose. It's captured. It's contained. And even if you capture a butterfly and you want to study it and you want to, you're not going to get all the studying done that day. You've just been out gathering up butterflies and you want to look at them later. There's a whole process for placing them in a special envelope and putting them in the refrigerator. I've, been, I've never tried that. But I've been guaranteed that it, it works. You can remove the butterfly later on and it is healthy. 
and you can study its behavior. But it's not fulfilling its purpose. Folks, when we come and we acknowledge the resurrection and we say that we believe, if we just leave that here, if we don't allow that resurrection life to flow through us like a butterfly and let it soar within us so that we can reach the purpose that God created for each one of us, then we've allowed ourselves to be stuck in the net. And maybe even stuck in the fridge. (laughs) We're not fulfilling what God created for us. You see, Jesus Christ offered us life eternal. But folks, that doesn't begin when we die on this earth. It begins right now. That's the gift of the resurrection. It's life anew now. 